are back with serial number three of the EPB podcast. I'm Ted. I'm one-fourth of the EPB team, and we're back with another episode. But uh, before we get started, there's two things I, I do want to say. Uh, first thing, I want to thank everybody for the love that uh, we've received for the past couple of weeks. Um, this whole thing has just been so much fun for us, but we've gotten a lot of positive feedback. Everything from background music to our musical selections, people asking us to post uh, the track listing for the music that we've been using. You know, we're trying to keep this whole Memphis feel going. So uh, we really appreciate all the uh, feedback that we've gotten. We've even got some feedback that said the music was too loud in the background. So I promise to turn that down just a little bit so you guys can hear exactly what we're saying during our discussions. Um, the second thing I want to point out is uh, something a little more serious. But um, last night in Memphis, we had an officer that was shot and killed um, in the line of duty. He was making a routine traffic stop. His name was uh, Officer Sean Bolton. He was 33. And uh, while making the routine traffic stop, the passenger of the car actually opened fire on him and got shot multiple times. And um, I know we give cops a hard time on here sometimes, especially with everything that's going on in the wake of so many African-Americans losing their lives to police violence. But at the end of the day, I don't want anyone to think that we don't recognize that cops have one of the hardest jobs in America. And uh, last night's events proved that. So, you know, we always scream Black Lives Matter, but that doesn't negate our love for all lives. So from the EPB family to uh, the family of Scott Bolton, we really want to just let you know that we've got you in our prayers and we're keeping you lifted. And, um, you know, we really support you in this time right now. Um, but moving forward with the podcast, um, time to talk to our other co-host. Right now, we're going to uh, talk about our connections to the White Haven area. Uh, most of you know that Elvis Presley Boulevard actually runs through White Haven. And so we've had a, a couple of questions come in our inbox ask, asking us our connection to the White Haven area. So we thought we'd address that during our introduction today. So I won't go first. I'll actually go last. I'm going to swing it over to Joel. So, Joel, can you uh, tell us your connection to the White Haven area? All right. Um, as far as my con- <laughs> Okay. I just want to mention that today's segment apparently is uh, brought to you guys by um, Change Wings, uh, <laughs> Beer, <laughs> and uh, whatever the, that spot that uh, that Ted was at earlier. So, beer beer is going to be a, a open theme. Next door was that spot. Beer apparently, beer and wings are going to be apparently a, a theme on this show today. Um, so. <laughs> Anyway, so as far as my connections with Whitehaven goes, um, we moved to Whitehaven. I was, uh, I think it was seven. I was, it was between seven and eight, um, like that kind of awkward age, I guess. But um, moved there, uh, even though I went to school in, in South Memphis and uh, hung out in Orange Mountain on the weekends. Um, been living in Whitehaven for um, from the time I was there, from seven to seven, between seven and eight all the way up through um, pretty much until I moved from Memphis in 2003 so um, but we lay up uh, right at, actually right behind uh, Pop Tunes a little bit further down um, you know I had some um, pretty cool neighbors not necessarily at first because when we first moved uh, to Whitehaven 
uh, on our street, we were the only black family on our street uh, for for a while, um, and we were we were one of the few black families in the neighborhood, um, you know, for at least the first couple of years. So I really didn't spend a whole lot of time the, the first couple of years when I was at Whitehaven because, quite frankly, I didn't I didn't really feel comfortable with uh, uh, with the with the area uh, just because of. Um, you know, I just didn't feel comfortable with that. I was so used to being around, I guess, like other black kids that, you know, oh, here I am around white kids now. But while the kids were welcoming, you know, sometimes their parents weren't. Um, so, but when we started getting other black families into the neighborhood, uh, into our little area, it was, it was pretty cool. So, uh, and I hung out there, made some, a lot of good friends, uh, you know, a lot of memories. Um, I eventually ended up going to Whitehaven Elementary. Who walked to school, uh, walked uh, from school every day, um, you know, hang out at the Southland Mall, Southbrook Mall, um, you know, go, used to go hit the corn dog seven over in the, uh, the Southland Mall, get the fresh squeezed lemonade, the corn dog, um, you know, hit the arcade on the way home, uh, you know. So I had a lot of good memories growing up in, in Whitehaven. First job was at Service Merchandise over on Shelby Drive and corner Shelby Drive and Elvis Presley. So, um, so that's pretty much my connection with uh, with Whitehaven. Swinging it over to me, sure I take it. <laughs> <laughs> my bad, my bad. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> um, I'm I'm from I call it the Whitehaven like area. I didn't live directly in Whitehaven. Uh, I lived in the Oakhaven area, which is like right in between, um, well, right in between Whitehaven and Hickory Hill. Um, it's over there by the airport. And um, my mom still lives there to this day. But we moved to the Oakhaven area when I was about seven, um, seven or eight. I can't quite remember. Um, but I do have. Uh, Memories of going to the Southbrook Mall and going to the movies there. I, be, I believe the first movie I went to at the Southbrook Mall was I'm Gonna Get You Sucker. I'm really telling my age right now. Um, so you know that was a long, long, long time ago. Um, and let's see, what else I see? I think I saw Boys in the Hood there. We played in the arcade there. Uh, I still have family in the Whitehaven area to this day, so uh, we used to go over there sometimes. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much my connection to the Whitehaven community. Like I said, my mom still goes to the Sears right here. Who, who? First of all, who knew this? Exactly, who knew the Southland Mall would outlive the Mall of Memphis? Nobody. Southland Mall is still over there kicking. Macy's is gone. The Sears is still there. Which um, is its primary source of people coming from Mississippi. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So my mom still goes to the Sears there and buys tires. Um, and I still take my son to the Whitehaven area because we still have family in that area and they still keep him from time to time. So uh, I guess he's still living on in my generation. I mean, not my generation, but you know, through my son, he's familiar with the Whitehaven area too. So that's pretty much it. Uh, I guess I didn't introduce myself. I'm Bridget, but yes, I guess you can tell about my voice. <laughs> so I'll speak to Anisha. Well, just in case. 
Thank you. Because <laughs> we sound alike. Uh oh. Just yeah. hope you know that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I moved into the Whitehaven area. Well, I call it Whitehaven fairly because I stayed off of Neely. Um, All corners. Yeah, four corners. <laughs> the last corner. <laughs> but um, it had to be the end of my freshman year. So it was like 95. We moved over there. And I pretty much stayed over there. I know well after maybe 2002, 2003, because by this time I had my son. But it was nice. It was cool. I actually worked. My first job was at like the Pizza Inn. Wow. Over, <laughs> what was that, at the corner of Shelf Drive and Mill Branch? Mm -hmm. Yes, that was my first job. So, I, yeah. So, I have very fond memories. It was one of the first times my family, because I basically have been raised in the North. Like, we lived in Dixon Homes and North, North. High Park. That's where my family <laughs> was from. So, I pretty much North Memphis affiliated. So, but Whitehaven gave me some of the best years. Some of my best experiences, adolescent experiences growing up was having been in a great neighborhood, a community that kind of supported each other. It was it was it was nice. It was really, really nice. So that's my Whitehaven tie. So I think Ted, you are last. I am. I I, I actually, I actually was in Whitehaven my entire life. Um my parents moved here from Mississippi and they moved to Whitehaven. So I was born shortly after and I grew up in Whitehaven. We grew up, actually, if you know where the Walmart is on Elvis Presley, we grew up in a neighborhood right across the street. But um, I am very much so Whitehaven. I, that's all I knew for most of my life. Um, I'm Whitehaven, like going to the Whitehaven Community Center on Saturday mornings to go play ball against the Whitehaven Broncos. So, uh, like, I spent every waking minute of my life just up and down the streets of Whitehaven. I remember getting my uh my behind beat by my by my mom because I lost two starter coats at the Whitehaven Community Center. Hey. I got, yeah, I had two Raiders coats and they both got stolen. But they deserve to be stolen. They were yeah, Raiders coats. Yeah man, but um <laughs> funny but I actually worked at the service merchandise uh on Shelby Drive as well. That was my first real job. And I actually worked there for uh, three years. I would come home on the weekend. I mean, I'm sorry, come home from college in the summertime and work there. But yeah, man, I, I, my parents actually just moved out of Whitehaven. They bought a house in Olive Branch uh, just because Whitehaven was becoming too much for them. Uh, but yeah, I'm very much Whitehaven. So that is our connections to Whitehaven. I just um, noticed that no one is called in Blackhaven. Joe, well, white flight leaving. <laughs> I, I, I think we are trying to remain professional right now, but you know, and I, but we all know Whitehaven is commonly referred to as the BHC or Black Haven song. Um, shout out to my cousins, Marquise and Derek, Kiki, Dizzy. All right, Dan is still repping Black Haven. <laughs> uh, you, you, you can catch my cousin Marquise on iTunes. Look up Coach Sin. Got a new album that's just dropped. Really? It's real. It's real. It's real. But uh, we gonna we gonna wrap up this first segment and go to go to a break. When we come back, we're gonna discuss something kind of heavy. I don't want to say heavy. It's just something we've been anticipating for a while. It's it's finally come to pass. So when we come back, we're gonna hit you with the barbecue pit.
We'll be right back. to the EPB broadcast area number three. Uh, we are going to get right into the barbecue pit uh, for those who are just listening for the first time. Uh, the barbecue pit is what we like to call our, our first segment. It's the, it's the hot topic where we take a topic, we kind of slow roast it a little bit, uh, discuss it, you know, slather it up and, and serve it on a plate. So this week we are going to um, we're going to talk about Bobby Christina Brown uh, who Unfortunately, lost her life. Uh, her battle uh, with, um, uh, I guess, from uh, from the head injuries that she sustained and all the other injuries that she sustained a while back, um, uh, under some dubious circumstances, uh, uh, according to all the reports. But uh, it's kind of it's tragic uh, that you know this is the, I guess, the last link to Whitney Houston, one of the you know all time. Uh, performers, singers um, of, of all time, and, you know, it, it's a really sad situation, so, um, you know, we, there's been so much, so much drama behind it, too, between the Houston family and the Brown family, um, you know, uh, even all the way at, at her funeral uh, yesterday, so, uh, just a lot of, a lot of, a lot of issues, a lot of drama, a lot of, a lot of layers to this onion, so, um, Bridget, uh, let's, let's go ahead and what's your, I guess, somebody, give us some of your initial thoughts on it. Well, I mean, since we've heard about Bobby Christina um, drowning in the uh, the same way her mom died in the bath in the bathtub, I mean, we've kind of been waiting for the worst for, I guess, six months now. No, man, all these years. Because <laughs> I think we heard about it like in Jan early January, um, and now it's August. So, well, she passed away last Sunday. Um, but we've, you know, we've basically just been, I've been waiting, you know, for bad news. Um, but I guess the, the biggest thing that I want to talk about is just the chaos that has been surrounding the situation um, while she's been in a coma. I mean... <laughs> for a minute, I was just like, Lord, I wish they would just stop posting information about what is going on uh, between the Browns, um, Bobby Brown's family and the Houston family. Um, they've just been at odds with each other. Um, Anisha brought up before we started um, recording the podcast that funerals and weddings bring out the absolute worst in families. And uh, with 
with Whitney Houston having the amount of money she has. Not sure about how much money she has left to Bobby Christina, but I'm sure that's adding fuel to the fire. Um, they laid Bobby Christina to rest uh, yesterday, um, and even just continuing with the chaos, uh, the aunt of Bobby Christina, who is Bobby Brown's uh, sister, Leola Brown, was kicked out of the funeral because she confronted Pat Houston and basically said that Whitney is going to haunt her in her dreams. Now, I don't know what brought that on, um, but uh, I haven't heard very positive things about Pat Houston. I've heard her called everything <laughs> but a child of God <laughs> when I go to read about blogs about her. Um, but uh, there is a, uh, a theory that's out there about Pat Houston just wants Bobby Christina's money. Um, and I've even heard theories about uh, Miss Pat uh, maybe having something to do with Bobby, Bobby Christina's death. Now, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not speculating. I'm just saying, you know, what is out there um, on the internet. We don't know if all of that is true. But yeah, I just, I feel, I felt bad for Bobby Christina after she lost her mom. I just knew that, you know, anytime that you lose a parent, period. It's just something that you never really get over, and with her being with her being so young, um, I just it was it was just <laughs> it was a lot. It was a lot. So, uh, what you think, Anisha? Yeah, I, I mean it is a lot. I think that the I think and this is just me, but I think that Bobby Christina could still be here and would still be here if she had the support. I think that as a young child, and she is young, or she was young when her mother passed away, when you're grieving and you lose the only person in the world, you know, because I don't know her relationship with Bobby, but Bobby wasn't there. It was just her and her mom. So when you lose the only person in your life who loved you unconditionally and was there for you, you were going through a serious state of grievance like that I, I can't imagine and I think that the people that were around her didn't have the best intentions and the support system was seriously lacking I'm not saying that they didn't care about her they didn't love her but I think that they might have been more concerned about themselves and how they felt instead of trying to surround the village around her that she needed you know um, and I did tell Bridget that weddings and funerals bring out the worst. And Bobby Brown's sister was basically saying that Pat, wouldn't was, shit. she wouldn't shit. <laughs> wouldn't go never be shit. And Whitney was go fucking hunt her to let her know that she, she wouldn't shit. shit. I just, it's just, it's a sad situation, a sad state all around. But I think I'm, I'm the child's no longer suffering. She's where she wanted to be. And the circumstances surrounding her death are eerie. Mm. You know, the, they questioned the boyfriend. Brother, husband, God, brother, yeah, yeah. I think it's Nick Gordon. Mm. So I just think that the support or the lack of support around her ultimately left her to feel like she was alone. And when you feel alone, you start having all those kind of thoughts. So it just, you know, I, I hate to say that I'm... You know, I'm glad she's in a better, and she is, she's in a better place because where she was at wasn't hitting no shit. And the people who were around her wasn't hitting no shit. So, that's just pretty much my take on this. 
Your mama ain't shit. No, I'm just. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, T. Like, you guys are awfully quiet. I ain't heard a breath or nothing. <laughs> so yeah, this story is absolutely tragic. Um, when I think about it, you, you you watched her grow up in a household with probably two of the biggest entertainers of our generation. You got Bobby Brown and Whitney Houston. Um, and during that time, we saw what drugs did to both her parents. Uh, drugs robbed her from any normalcy during her childhood. So, you know, I'm, I'm, we all saw the interview that Whitney did with Diane Sawyer back in, was it 2002, I think? Uh, the infamous uh, Crack is Whack interview. And it was at that moment that we kind of realized, you know, we realized how, how far Whitney was gone. And it was sort of like watching your hero fall. You know, we I I know I personally personally love Whitney and a lot of other people did. Just watching her in that state just it was it was sad, man. And it, it kinda it's kind of a breaking reality where you kinda realize that even your heroes can fall. Like they're normal, they're humans too. And they deal with the same pressures every day that we deal deal with, sometimes more being in the position that they're in. And so it was just kind of sad to see her uh, turn to drugs and what the drugs robbed her of. We saw her perform after the after all this, and she just was never the same. And uh, so taking all that into account, I mean, you know, Bobby Christina didn't have a whole lot of a whole lot of hope for the future. You know, she she her mom, who was her rock, wasn't really stable. Bobby was never really around. So. Uh, you know, she, she's not here anymore. I'm glad she's not suffering. But her life was just like a train wreck. And it was just like only, only a matter of time before that, you know, that crash ended and took her life. She, she talk, around here talking about she's marrying a stepbrother. She was just confused and just, man, she was reaching out for help. But nobody was really there to help her. And like y'all said, the people in her camp, her family, man, like, they're just as crazy as, as Bobby and Whitney. So she doesn't really have anybody to fall back on, you know? Uh, so it, it, it's a sad situation. You, you hate to see it, but glad she's not suffering anymore. And you know, hopefully the family can put all this BS behind them and move forward. Cause uh, it, it's, it's it does nothing for the family name. It just makes it look even even worse. Yeah. Well, and unfortunately, I, I think for uh, uh, Pat Houston and and Leola Brown, it, it's not going away anytime soon. They're not gonna they're not gonna move past it. Uh, yeah, there is a, I guess, an ongoing investigation with, um, you know, Nick Gordon, uh, who was, uh, well, I guess most media outlets are calling calling him uh, Bobby Christina's partner. Um, you know, surrounding what happened that led to her, uh, led to her drowning and ultimately to her death. So um, he wasn't at the funeral. Uh, he went on social media yesterday and. Uh, said that he wasn't invited. It was an invitation only. And he didn't get an he didn't get an invite. So uh, not that uh, not that that should have been a total surprise to really anybody. But um, he wasn't invited. Um, you know, uh, Leola Brown got kicked out of the funeral. Um, it, 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 it's 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 a it's a mess. But you know, like everybody said, you know, Bobby Christina doesn't have to. She doesn't have to suffer anymore. She doesn't have to deal with the. I guess being in the middle of all the family drama, um, you know, that, that she's been a, been a part of for pretty much all her life. So um, she doesn't have to deal with that. Um, you know, she's reunited with her mom. Um, you know, so 
you know, so life goes on, but we will definitely keep an eye out on what happens with, um, you know, with this uh, investigation with uh, uh, with Nick Gordon. So, uh, any final thoughts, guys? Nah, man, just uh, just a little bit about Bobby um, to, to add more, make it even more sad. Uh, Bobby's girlfriend, wife, she just recently she had a seizure yesterday. So, I mean, it just continues to get even worse for Bobby. So I just want to, you know, send out condolences to Bobby Brown and, and as well as Sissy Houston. You know, it's hard enough to lose your daughter, but also lose your granddaughter. Um, so, yeah, that's basically it. Yeah, and especially in this time frame, you know, it was just, you know, just, what, February last year when, when Whitney Houston died? So... Um, you know, that's... I was in a couple years. Yeah, 2012. Yeah. I was like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> I, I guess, I guess, I guess uh, we, we need to uh, do some fact-checking before we get on here, Joel, but we're gonna, we're gonna go ahead and uh, wrap this up. <laughs> Y'all crazy. We're gonna go ahead and wrap this up and we're gonna come back with uh, with something a, a little less uh, a little a little less uh, I guess depressing, we're gonna come back with a lighter topic. So we'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned. Okay, we are back with the EPB podcast. This is serial number three, and this is also segment number three, which we have uh, entitled Car Toys, which is the same subject that we discussed, discussed in episode two. And we're going to continue because Meek Mill basically had the worst week ever. So I'm going to do a little recap. Um, last week, I think we pretty much all agreed that um, Charged Up, which is the first diss track that Drake did um, against Meek Mill, we, we weren't really charged up about it. <laughs> um, but that following Monday, um, Meek Mill was supposed to release a, uh, a diss track um, on Hot 97 on Fun Flex Show, and that did not happen. I'm, I'm, I don't know why it didn't happen, but it didn't happen. A whole lot of folks was waiting on it, and we didn't hear anything. Uh, we heard the same six songs played for four hours. So um, so Tuesday came along, and then shit happened. Meek still did not release anything. Wednesday morning came, and the first thing I do in the morning is check my phone. Um, and I checked the, for the weather and I see what's going on in the world. And I saw a whole lot of retweets and a whole lot of people talking about 
um, Drake releasing a whole another song, another diss track. So I got on my Googles and found the second diss track entitled uh, Back to Back, which was a lot better than Charged Up in my opinion. I took everything in me not to laugh out loud because this was six o'clock in the morning when I heard this song. So I did not want to uh, awake my family, but Drake went in. He 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 had some shots for me, me ass. So uh, and soon after that, I mean, the whole day on social media, you saw plenty of memes, and video clips of just just people making fun of me. I mean, I don't know what me could have done after that because basically Drake kind of you know destroyed him. Um, so uh, just a little bit about the second track. <clears throat> just some of the shade. I'm not going to even get into the lyrics. I'm just going to kind of cover around what happened. So uh, the cover art that was released for Back to Back was uh, of Joe Carter, who played for the Toronto Blue Jays, who hit a home run to beat the Philadelphia Phillies. If you're not familiar, Drake is from Toronto. Meek Mill is from Philadelphia. Um, and Joe Carter hit a home run to beat the Philadelphia Phillies to win the World Series, which was back to back for Toronto Blue Jays. So you can tell that Drake was thinking about this shit. He was thinking. So the second thing I wanted to point out is somewhere in the uh, in the song, well, right at the beginning of the song, Drake talks about sending bottles to Charlemagne. So the little backup about Charlemagne and Drake. They don't really get along. Charlemagne kind of takes every opportunity to trash Drake or call him soft and all of that. So Wednesday morning, Charlemagne sends an Instagram post of six bottles. We know Drake is called the sixth god, um, but he sent six bottles to Charlemagne's um, workplace, which is the Breakfast Club. Um, and he sent Don Perignon and Charlemagne Instagram the shit. So there was another shade tossed at Meek Mill. And then there was another little article floating around about Drake sending money to Meek Mill's high school for the, the, the music program there. I think that was done back in April. But just the shade of just kind of washing it all together about what Drake did, that just did not make it look any better for Meek Mill. Um, so yeah. Uh, and of course, all the shade that he threw in the song about him being on Nicki Minaj's tour. Uh, is it your world tour or your girl's tour? He basically called him a snitch. Like, he went in on, he went in on me. I, I got a good laugh out of it. Um, and then, <clears throat> I'm trying to make it short. And then, take your time, girl. Take your time. Thursday night, Finally, Meek comes out with his diss, diss track called uh, I Just Wanna Know or I Wanna Know or whatever. And uh, he released it on Funk Flex Show. There was some drama surrounding this shit too, but it was finally released on the show. Um, and I could not understand one word that Meek Mill was saying. I needed a lyric sheet. Um, and even after I read the lyrics, I still was like underwhelmed by it. Um, but I just don't think me could have won at that point. Um, so, yeah. 
What are your thoughts? Let's go. I'm gonna go to Joe first or Ted. Who else? Go. Somebody just go. Well, I'm, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be real short. <clears throat> but so my first question is this. You mean to tell me no one in Meek's camp, dog, they, they should say anything before he released that track? Nobody. Like, everybody in the room would listen to him while he flow and say, oh, man, that's, that's dope. That's going to rock the world. Did everybody in the room say that? Because if so, you need to find new friends. Mm. My second thing is, um, I'm not sure if y'all uh, checked out Joe Budden's response, because I don't know if any of y'all remember, but a while back, Joe, Joe Budden and Meek got into a little beat. Yeah, I remember. And they were going at each other, but Joe Budden had one of the realest responses I, I saw all week. Aside from all the funny shit that people, the people were posting, the memes and stuff, Joe Budden got really serious, and he said something really real. Joe said, uh, and it was really heartfelt and sincere, he said, I get Mika's on tour, but someone had to tell him, you can't wing it when your opponent is this calculate. Mm-hmm. Great, great plan. Our work sent bottles to a man. Oh, I'm sorry. He sent bottles. I'm, I'm reading this, y'all, because I forgot it's on the internet. He said he sent bottles to a man he hates and coordinated with the Blue Jays Philly series. He's mm-hmm. clearly thinking, I understand how public pressure works, but fuck all that. You got the girl and you just had a number one album, but you're walking into a trap wearing a blindfold. He said, no hate, I swear. I get we had our misunderstanding here, but I promise you, I say this with no malice. But as an old nigga who beef with everybody, he makes really good music in his lane. But this clearly is not his lane. <laughs> it is, get back to you, my nigga. And that is so real because, I mean, when you think about all the famous rap beefs, you had Pop and Biggie, you had Fat Joe and 50, you had 50 and the Locks, you had Jay-Z and Nas, you had T.I. and Ludacris. You even had Common and Ice Cube back in the day. But when you think about these beefs, these dudes lyrically were on top of their game. So when when they had words for another rapper, they were they had no problem saying whatever they whatever it was they had on their chest because they knew that if it came to a rap battle, they could back this shit up. But when I think of Meek, I think of Meek as more of a genre. Meek is not a rapper, in my opinion. Like I don't listen to his music, so I really can't judge. But I'm gonna judge based off of what I heard and want to know. And Meek is not a very good rapper. So my thing is, my thing is, why would you come for one of the best rappers lyrically in the game? And when I say lyrically in the game, I mean mainstream. We're talking mainstream. But why would you come for one of the best rappers lyrically in the game? Now whether he has a ghostwriter or not, the owner of a 22 should not be hunting down niggas who have choppers. <laughs> Put that little shit down. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, come on now. now my, and my other issue is when, when Drake dropped Charge Up, Meek should have been in the studio that night working on a rebuttal, especially since Charged Up was some trash. That's the perfect time to strike. And to make it more plainly, let me just say it like this. You don't wait until Super Mario gets to start to come for him. <laughs> you come for Super Mario at the beginning of the stage, before the mushroom and the fire flower, when he is three feet tall. <laughs> when he's small. <laughs> when you come for Super Mario, you don't wait till he get fired up. So, like, when Drake dropped charged up, he should have been in the studio that night, like, man, that was trash. This is the perfect time to strike. But you didn't strike, you just waited and waited. And then Drake comes back and hits you with the left hook. And you on the canvas on your back. And now there, there's no coming back. There's no coming back. You have been memed to death. I don't think 
in 2015, we have seen we have seen a lot of memes in 2015. We've seen the Bill Cosby memes, which I thought were gonna be the the most epic memes of 2015. But me came along and just shattered all records. <laughs> um, and we appreciate him for that. Yeah, like, like he gave everybody. I mean, dude, we were up on Twitter at 12 at night, and we had to be working the next morning. Yeah, but, yeah. My yes, it was worth it, man. But it was so hilarious that you didn't want to fall. It was like being a kid; you didn't want to fall asleep because you thought you might miss something. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah so that's my thing. That's my thing. Like me, just really, he, he missed the opportunities. And you got a guy like Drake who's so calculated with what he's doing. You got to be thinking, and he wasn't thinking at all. Nope. Yeah, it, it was funny. Um, it's funny because when that when that when that uh, response with Meeks Meals, I guess what is it, want to know or whatever, when it first dropped, and the Undertaker music came on, so I was like, man, I was like, oh, this shit, uh, Meek, Meek about to get in the zone, like he about to drop some shit, like like this is gonna be the best bars of his life, like his entire life. He got the Undertaker music, he about to come with it. And then, like five seconds in, I was like, "Man, if I was an Undertaker right now, I'd be looking for his ass." He gets like, sued, crap thing. <laughs> yes, he is. He gets sued for this. He did. Well, WWE sued him, but oh, and, yeah. and Undertaker, like I've I've seen the Undertaker before. <laughs> he ain't exactly the you know the guy that you want to fuck with. So <laughs> you know he's he's a big dude, but he's also one of those I ain't the one to fuck with dudes. Like he's just got that presence. So. Like he's the most, as far as wrestlers goes, he has the most fitting name. Because if you mess with him, you might just die that day. But as far as the as far as this whole thing, and like Ted said, you know, because I remember I tweeted out like it was like one in the morning. I was like, shout out to everybody who got to work in the morning, but ain't went to sleep yet. <laughs> you know, because we was all just, I mean, the memes just they were just coming, they were just coming, every and didn't stop. I mean, they folks still meme and meat meal. I mean, it's just. Like, you know, this whole thing, and it was funny because Drake's, like, the, the back-to-back was better uh, than Charged Up. It was a lot better. Like, it was more calculated. And like Joe Budden said, you know, like, you know, Drake right now, like, not only is Drake playing chess and Meek Mill playing chess, like, Meek Mill ain't even playing checkers. He's playing life right now. Like, you know, or, or, or Twister or something basic. You know, like, he playing shoots and ladders. Ladders, you know, exactly. <laughs> like he playing shoots and ladders, and Drake just over there just you know playing check. Like he already got him at checkmate. He did the like two moves, you know. Right. So, you know, so so for Meek Mill to come with, and Drake left himself open. You know, let's just not let's let's not let's not get carried away. He left himself open on back to back. So Meek Mill should have came with it, and he didn't. And that's his that's his own fault. That's his crew's fault. That's Quinn Miller, the dude that was in kind of in the middle of all this. That's his fault too. That's Funkmaster Flex fault. I mean, there's a lot of fault to go around. It starts with Meek Mill. He could have just had. He could have just been like, "Hey, hey, Nikki, why don't you go ahead? You know, at least give me like, give me like eight bars at least. You know, we can go ahead and get. Just give me, give me a couple of lines that I could just drop on because, I mean, he can't do it obviously himself. So, you know, uh, and Meek Mill, you know, you can tell he's not from. And that's a that's another discussion for I guess another day. But he's not from the era of battle rapping. Like he's not, you know, like guys like you know, like you talked about, you know, Fifty Cent and Common, and and you, know, you go down and list Nas and Biggie even before then, you know, uh, KRS One, LL Cool J, and 
you know, uh, MC Shan, you know, MC Light. Like they all came from those era, the era of battle rapping. Like you had to, you had to pay your dues and, and and battle rap somebody in order to get on. And you know, nowadays it's like as long as you got some clever hooks, you're all right. You know, so he 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 doesn't have it. He doesn't have. First of all, he's trash. So, but then also he doesn't have that. He 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 hasn't had to put that rep, put those reps in, and put that time in. To, to battle somebody and a battle rep in the in the in the yard in the schoolyard in the neighborhood or whatever like a whole lot of other rappers that came before him did or even like people are still doing to this day. I mean, it's kind of a lost art form at this point. But you know, like Eminem didn't become who Eminem was just by going to the studio and laying some hooks. I mean, he had to he had to battle rap. You know, like it's so many people that had to kind of go through that progression. And Meek Mill just wasn't prepared for it, and now he's suffering for it. Yeah, he lost it. He lost his girl. You know, lost his his pride, his respect. He can't come back from this. I mean, he could, he could have hell. He could have Nas or Jay Z write some bars for him. And he still can't come back with it because he's trash. So, you know, so Meek Mill, just just take your loss. Just go go be a hype man. You know, Public Enemy need a hype man now. You can go learn from Flavor Flav. You know, intern for like a year. Just be a hype man for somebody. And you know, just just you, you lost your girl. Just 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 it's a wrap for you, dude. Just Grace, just go Grace, away. Gracefully bow out. Now, yeah. now, okay. So yes, Ramik fucked up, and yes, his crew fucked up along with him too. And yes, Quinn Miller can just kiss those goddamn chicks goodbye. Since you know, I don't know if that side was chosen for him or he chose that side as far as being featured on this terrible, terrible ass diss track. But I, I like to follow the dollars, especially in a in a in a uh, industry or a career like this. You have to follow your dollars, make some sense, make great business decisions, not just good. You got to make some great ones, especially if you just starting out. Um, Meek Mill is one of the, is is a trap rapper, you know the 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 trap rap or whatever. So I'm not expecting bars. I'm not expecting amazing amaze balls kind of shit from him because trap rap. I mean, there's some that's good, you know, as long as you got a good beat, a nice hook, the shit's fine. That's all that is required for a good trap rap. You got to have great beat. You got to have a nice hook. You got to have some that bras can twerk to. And some that the dudes can just feel like they fantastic with. I mean, I'm just, you know, it's not much. It's not special. Drake is a singing ass dude. He, he is more of an artist. Um, lyrically solid. Meh. Meh. You know, there are, there are people better. But as far as like battle rapping, I think that, or me not you know knowing or not coming up in the genre of battle rap if you want to be a great artist or a good artist you know your history you know where you come from Kendrick Lamar is a great example of what we were missing in in, in rap and what we were missing in hip-hop and the culture of hip-hop you know the rules you know he would be a great battle rapper that's somebody you would want to pick beef with not nobody not Drake not Meek Mill, and not even some of the old heads. I mean, you know, if you know where you come from, you know what, you know, giving credit where credit's due, it can be done. You know, I just, I don't think it's a lost art. I just think that people are lazy when it comes to certain things that, because it's, it's become so easy. 
you know, it, it is easily accessible for people to get into the game. Now you gotta do is have the means and the network and a nice beat, nice hook, you know, a great story or whatever, whatever streets you came from, if they're tough enough, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's not as, it's not based on talent anymore, you know? But the thing that's consistent is when you have people just like us, we, you wanna, you listen to the great music, you wanna fall in line with who is gonna be great or who sounds great and, Ain't nobody, we, like we said before, none of us are checking for me. None of us are checking for Drake. You know, it's just entertaining. This beef or TV dinner patty, as I like to refer to it as, was, you know, it was entertaining. Them memes are awesome. Twitter, black Twitter, thank you from the bottom of my heart because that shit was funny. It was some hilarious ones. I just... I was trying not to wake up my husband. I was like, oh my God. Oh shit, this shit is fun. Oh Jesus. Who? <laughs> I had to get him to go to the bathroom. Like, you know, you sneaky to do shit. Like, you try to make them late night phone calls. Shit was hilarious. But at the end of the day, I swear a couple of months from now, we really ain't going to be thinking about it. They still going to be sorry. Meek going to come out with some. Because he got some loyal people. I pray for them too. Right. I don't Because. I mean, <laughs> I see a couple of people still riding for Meek. I don't, I don't know how after this point, but um, just to bring up a couple of points, I think Meek Mill used to be a battle rapper. Like that's what he used to do. So for him to come out with that weak ass track, um, wanna know? And he didn't even rap. He didn't even rap. He, he talked. He did like what? Eight to ten bars, and then he placed a little reference track of. Um, the Drake song, Running Through the Six, I can't think, no, no myself or whatever. Yeah. Um, he placed a little reference track in there and then there was a whole lot of other segments where they was, it was spliced from somewhere. I'm not sure where, but it was other people talking and I'm not sure how they tied into what Meek was trying to get across. So that's what really made the song trash. I mean, if you're going to come for the, I guess we want to call Drake the King, even though I would call Kendrick the King, but one of the greatest rappers of this time right now, like, if you're going to come for him, come for him, just like I was saying about Drake with this Charged Up and how mad about <laughs> how mad I was about how sorry the song was. But me, like, you had four days, four days, 96 hours, bruh, and that's what the you could have came up with. Me, I mean, Nikki couldn't help you write nothing. What the hell was going on? Like I know Jesus rose in three. I mean, come on, you had an extra day. <laughs> you had an extra day. <laughs> extra and, day, nigga. And for people to be like, he was on tour and he's touring right now. I'm sure Drake is just as busy. Like Drake had enough time to write two and then come up with a whole plan about how he was gonna come out with the shit. And we're still planning for the OVO fest. Which exactly. The shit was on time, it was perfect. Exactly, and I think he might drop another one tonight. I don't know. Yeah, I'm I, like, I, I saw that tweet on Twitter. Yeah, I think he might drop another one tonight, and it, I think it may be called 3P. I don't know, I'm like, you already kicking the man while he's down, but right. shit, come out with it, cause the shit entertaining to me. So, I mean, I just, I, I feel bad for me. I mean, we just, no. oh, she don't. I don't, I don't. I don't. <laughs> Everybody don't, but I, I kind of do. I mean, he lost his girl. I thought Nikki was at least going to give him to the end of the tour, but. Um, 
a pity breakup. Uh, at least. God damn. She was just like, man, fuck it. Cut it while it's high and get rid of the nigga. He can uh, still tour with me, I think, but that's it. And I think that's how people were like, why she ain't saying that shit? Ain't her, be, ain't her business. No. She ain't started this shit. No. She she doing the best thing for her and her career. Mm-hmm. And uh, Stay out of this shit. Pretty much. But Meek is still holding on saying that that's not true. Saying that him and Nikki are still an item. It won't last long if that's the truth, I guess. I don't know. Shit. I don't, I'm giving the shit. If that's true, I'm still giving it to the end of the week. <laughs> it's going to be official that they're not a couple anymore. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I just, like, I, I, I have thoroughly in, been entertained this whole week by the whole situation. I mean, just the drama surrounding it to the reference tracks. I, I didn't bring up the three reference tracks that Funk Flex dropped, uh, I guess, trying to destroy Drake. Nobody gives a damn. That's the thing. Nobody gives a damn that Drake may have had shit ghost written for him. I do, but like the younger generation, they don't give a shit about that. Well, see, that's the thing. Ghost writing is not new. It's right. not like, exactly. you know, and, and Drake is written for other people, mm-hmm. too. So, I mean, bringing up, well, somebody wrote shit for you, and motherfucker soul? <laughs> like, that to me is like, you trying to, don't bring people into my house. <laughs> How you gonna invite somebody over my house? Nigga, this is my house. <laughs> Who cares? Who cares? And so what? Are you just mad because they didn't write for you? Yeah. See, what it was was a petty-ass beef because... Meek was upset that Drake didn't retweet his album because your album probably slow, nigga. I, no, no, she is slow. Yeah, right. I, I actually went back and listened to the album, and <laughs> Rico was because I'm stupid. But uh, <laughs> Rico, <laughs> but Rico was the best damn song on the damn album. I mean, so and that's the one that's featuring Drake. So. Whatever, my nigga. I, I, I wish you the best, me. I don't know how long your career going to be relevant, but we shall see. Shit, Save that Friday. Save them checks, Man, what? Save them checks. You better invest, my nigga, because it ain't going to... You ain't got too much longer. Save them a uh, pink... What is it? The pink print, print tour? Mm-hmm. Yeah, save them checks. She going to run out of the names to call her shit. Pink print. What is it? The pink... Print reloaded. I don't know. Just everything is pink. Everything is pink. Shit. Sick of her. I'm sick of her too. Any other thoughts? Man. Rest in peace to me, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Meek, you, you had you had a good run. You had a good run, but you know. <laughs> we're, we're gonna we're gonna pour this look out for your career. Huh. Don't you waste it. Don't you dare waste it on that shit. I already drank my beer, so I can't pour now. Nothing for my nigga. I'm sorry. Uncle Charles coming for him. It's not. Uh, <laughs> <you> too, <laughs> Uncle Charles. <laughs> <laughs> for the rest of our lives, the week of July 26th will forever be known as Meeks Week. <laughs> Damn. Forever. <laughs> forever, ever. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, well, what we're going to do is we're going to kick it to a break. And when we come back, we are going to get politically serious. Mm. So, <laughs> imagine that. So, uh, stay tuned and we'll be back. Just for me, the beat, the L, the U and T, the B, the, 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 the,
the U, the 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 D, the we, give me shotgun, oh please, oh please, no chicken feed, but chicken we, pick out the seeds, the heat, is hitting me, many degrees, we gather habit, don't want no cabbage, we hate that babbage, like savage, we, we, we wanna, the marijuana, oh we gonna, yo man, I'm gonna, go round the corner, get right on her, uh, 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 sack, I need contact, I need it bad, so I get mad, just, just like that, go crank your leg We need to go, man, you move to slow, take care of that Who got the hay, who got the hay, where do they stay? Across the street, I'm going crazy, looking for the ink I'll take a quarter, fill it to the border of that mag Where the bud at? Where is the bug, where is the bug, where is the bug, where is the bug? So uh, we're back. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we do appreciate it. We, we went a little long on the Meek Mill segment, but, you know, um, it, it is what it is. Sometimes the spirit hits and, you know, you just have to roll with it. So we knew we weren't going to Ronda Rousey that next that last segment. So uh, knew we was going to take our time with it. But we're back with our Fun Fair arcade segment. Now, uh, you know, Fun Fair was the, you know, place we played games and, and uh, a lot of video games back in the day, and, and quite frankly, um, <laughs> this is apropos for the um, for this next topic, which are the Republican debates. Uh, of course, I did have to use my education to say apropos, but um, Republican debates are being televised this week on Fox News, August the sixth. Um, the way that they are, because it seems like there's about 582 people running for uh, the Republican nomination for president. So what Fox News is doing is they're going to take a composite of the of uh, of all the polls. They're going to take a composite average, and basically whoever the the top ten uh, of that poll of of that uh, of that average, they're going to be able to go into the debate. And then what they're going to do with the people who don't make it, they're going to do like a uh, it's kind of like a a, a town hall uh, sit down kind of deal, like the day before or the day of the debates. I, I don't remember which uh, what they're doing uh, or when they're doing it, but I know that that's what they're going to do with the rest of them. So yeah, you know, so some of the I guess some of the the uh, you know your early favorites, like a, a I don't say favorites, but you know some of the one-time hopefuls like Ted Cruz and Carly Fiorina and people like that are going to be uh, relegated to the second show and leading the main event is my boy the legend the man who is letting the chopper sing 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 Mr. Donald J. Trump I, I love this guy I'm gonna tell you why I, I would not vote for I, I would not vote for Donald Trump at all Lord knows I wouldn't vote for him but I'm all for trash talk and he reminds me of like Ric Flair with a microphone in his hand, like Ric Flair, you know, back in the in, in the day when you know Mike Tyson would come out. Yeah, I mean, he's like that that trash talk. Like he just he gives no fucks for, for anybody. He's gonna speak his mind, and and it's scary that he's actually leading the uh, polls right now. Although it's still still early, still a lot of time, but. Yeah, he just he, he. I knew it was just going to be a matter of time before he just started letting it fly on there on on his opponents, and it didn't take him but like maybe two days before he started letting his opponents hear about it, and not even his opponents. Like some people who aren't his opponents, he, he just letting it fly. Yeah, he's. Let's see. I mean, I can go down the list of people who 
Cruz laid it out. But basically, on August 6th, this gives us a time to sit down as, as, as a social media family, you know, pop some popcorn, you know, get you a nice little glass of red Kool-Aid or some, some Ching's wings or some beer or whatever you got. And just sit down and just let the let the let the sparks fly. Cause there's gonna be a lot of sparks, and and Mr. Donald J. Trump is gonna gonna lead it all. So, Donald J. Trump, man. I mean, that that man just screams money and 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 white privilege. You know, <laughs> like I don't know what the J stands for. I know it don't stand for Jerome. <laughs> But we are going to be highly entertained on August 6th. So I'll open the floor up. Uh, guys, what are your thoughts? Oh, my God. Donald Trump is everything you want to see in a walking train wreck. I mean, he is crass. He is uninformed about a lot of issues. He just It's like the first thing that comes up comes out. I'm like, dude. I be saying bro a lot, but dude, come on. On, but you're right. He's leading in the poll. And I think the funny thing is that no one's coming for him. When he talked about um, Senator McCain, you know, just being a loser because he got captured as a POW, I was like, bruh, that's below the belt. Senator McCain didn't even come back. He was just like, well, you know, it's like he's the bully at the playground and nobody wants to fuck with. Like he, what is he? Shit, Moosehead or something at the playground. Nobody wants to fuck with him. And he and they talk. He talks cash money, trash, cash money, shit. I'm here for it. I, I am. Matter of fact, I'm so here for it. I hope he wins the Republican nomination bid. I hope he does. Yes. No, you know what? No, he not. Oh shit. No. No, he not. I'm moving to Canada. I want. I honestly wanted to be between him and Bernie Sanders. That's that's where I'm at. Between him and Bernie Sanders, that shit will be hilarious. Oh, him and him and Joe. Hilarious. Joe. I think. Oh, Joe Biden would shred his ass. That would be great too. I think that would be great. I think he's looking into running. Um, I have personal feelings about Joe Biden. How old is Joe Biden now? Right. Like 72. <laughs> I'm for real. I'm, I'm being real serious. He's like in his 70s, correct? I think yeah, he's in his 70s. Get on your Google's book. Um, ah, Lord, how mercy. I don't even know what to say about Donald Trump. Um, other than I will be recording <laughs> the Republican uh, Republican debates. Um, who I do want to see Donald Trump go face to face with is uh, Christie, who's also known for just saying whatever the fuck is on his mind. So just to see the two of them together um, debating against each other, that will be, you know, that's good TV right there. I don't want Donald Trump to be near winning for Republican. <laughs> For the Republican uh, nominee for president, I can't do it. You oh, found out? Shit. Yeah, he said me too. Yeah, Joe Biden is he's 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 old. Um, I don't want to be an ageist, but I, I'm that's what I'm reserved about. How old Joe Biden is? I love Joe Biden, but four years of him being being he president, yeah, he a fighter. He, you know, <laughs> the pimp. I be calling them pimp Joe Biden. He be right, loving on the ladies. But I'm, I'm nervous. He's the original Luther. 
<laughs> president. Well, you know, Reagan was in his seventies when he uh, when he became president. So yeah, it's not unprecedented. I mean, um, I mean, but Ronald Reagan was old too. Shit, I, I mean, he was old, but you know, Joe Biden seems to be a little. He has a little more life in him. He might fuck your girl in some Gucci flip flops, word to the uh, uh, future. <laughs> <laughs> he might have wrote that bar for future for all we know. <laughs> he might be bumping future. He might be bumping that dirty sprite too. I don't know. Damn. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, uh, getting back to Donald Trump, I am going to record it. Um, I plan on being at a show Thursday night. Um, but yeah, I am going to record it. Uh, I'm, I am going to the oh, show. Oh, Absolutely, oh, with my t-shirt on. Yeah, my t-shirt. We side. We side. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to be watching it. Ted, go ahead. Man, uh, where do you begin? Uh, the fact that Trump is leading doesn't really say much to me. If you look at the cast, the characters that they have trying to get the uh, Republican nomination, it's just—it's like a who's who clowns. You got. You got Donald Trump. You got Jeb Bush. Oh my God. We got Ben Carson, his coon ass. I forgot about Damn. Ben Carson. And he's he's in the top with double. He's oh one of the top goodness. ones with double it's digits. So many. Well, he's been fading lately in the polls, though. Ben yeah, Carson has. He's at he's at ten percent now, which is still double digit compared well, to. Some, yeah, because some polls have him as as six percent. I've seen some polls as recently as last week at six percent. Yeah, I was looking at NBC today. They had him at Where the hell they that's that's what I well it depends because like the, the one that I was referencing was a um, was a Wall Street Journal Wall Street Journal poll of uh, of Iowa voters. So it was for the Iowa primary. Um, but I've seen them as high. I've seen Ben Carson anywhere from basically from about six percent to ten percent, depending on on where you look. Yeah. So, but Trump pretty much is leading just about every poll. There's there's only one poll that I've seen where he wasn't leading. Uh, Scott Walker was leading that poll, but Donald Trump was only behind by like two points, and you know the margin of error was three points. So I mean, Trump could actually be leading that for all we know, is because of the margin of error. So yeah. Well, when the rubber hits the road and things get down to the nitty gritty, you know that these white people are not going to nominate Ben Carson when they already trying to get one they got one they got of the White House. It's uh, it's it, he looks good right now. He's a black man that thinks the uh, ideas of the majority of whites, so it's cool. But again, when when it gets down to it, he won't get the nomination. But again, he's Herman Cain. That's all he is. Is Herman? He's this year's exactly, Herman Cain. Exactly, exactly. Uh, that you also you got Ted Cruz, you got Ron Paul, you got Chris Christie, and my favorite, you got Bobby Jindal. Oh my God! Am I the only one that just just shakes my head in, in disgust every time you see Bobby Jinder on TV? It's like he is one of the most confused individuals I've ever met in my life. Like, in his mind, in his mind, he's white. Yes. Like, he, I don't think he knows he's Indian. He is white in his mind, and it, it just blows me away. Like his stance on immigration, dude, you immigrant. <laughs> like. Uh, it's just, it, like every time I see Bobby Jindal, I just sit there and just shake my head. Like he reminds me of a good friend I have. Who sometimes I think he thinks he's not black. I'm not gonna say any names, but um, yeah, I'm gonna ignore that. But anyway, damn. I, I just, I just, I, I don't understand people like that. But anyway, so that, that's your cast of a uh, uh, colorful, ca- colorful characters who are trying to get their Republican nomination. 
and it's it's just crazy. But then when you look at Donald Trump and the type of stuff he says, it, like you guys said, like he doesn't care what he says. Like when he got on TV the, uh, a while back and he talked about he had like this 19-point plan for stuff that he wanted to do for the country. And like one of the first things he said was sell junk to Saudi Arabia. Arabia, Since the goods we send them, they blow up anyway. Like for real? Like he wants to repeal Obamacare. He wants to... Um, he said he wants to call up the head of Ford Motor Company and tell them that he's going to charge them 35% for every car they send up here from Mexico until they close down their plant. Um, like, he wants to, uh, he, he made one comment about uh, making uh, Japan pay this ridiculous tax on the goods that they send over here uh, because... He wants to promote American goods, and that, and he had all these other ideas for stuff that he wanted to build, like bridges and cities and inside cities, and he wanted to repave streets. And he was like, you know, we won't charge taxpayers; we'll just charge the Japanese for all the goods they send us. But like, don't those goods uh, boost our economy? Like, why would we want to tax that stuff? Like, it seems like we want to get as much over there, of it over here as we can, since most of the shit that we buy is made over there. But you know. Far be it for me to discuss this stuff. I'm I'm not an, an expert in this area, but hey. But yeah, um, it just looks really bleak for the Republican Party right now. They don't have a solid candidate, and the guy who's leading is a nutcase. So I mean, all the Democrats have to do is just find one quality candidate, and I think they got that in Hillary Hillary Clinton. Um, she she's got she's got some issues to get over, but uh, overall, she's always proven over the years that she knows what the hell she's doing. She's Bill's backbone, and you know, and you know how people love Bill. So, I, I think you know the Democrats should have it, have it locked up as long as we get out and vote. As long as we get out and vote. <laughs> right, and that's the and that's the key because I I can tell you that from the you know conservatives are really really amped up and and I mean they're they're ready to go so it, it's gonna have to take a really good turnout from you know not only just black people but um, you know Hispanics um, basically the same people that voted Barack Obama in the office is, is what it's gonna take it's gonna take a, it's gonna have to take a huge turnout and what I'm afraid of is that and even with Hillary I mean like you said Ted I mean she's got some yeah you know, she's got some issues too um, you know, um, Bernie Sanders does obviously has some issues. It looks like it's going to be down between them unless you know Joe Biden decides to run. But it, it's going to have to take that 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 uh, that massive turnout uh, that Barack Obama had because it's not. It's going to be just like 2004 when John Kerry ran and Bush pretty much obliterated him in the uh, in, in popular vote and then also in the electoral vote. So because the turnout wasn't there, you know, black people are like. Eh. You know, we, you know, we we might vote for Gary, maybe, but you know, for the most part, we just gonna sit at the house. Yeah, right. so it's gonna it's gonna take that it's gonna take a, a huge turnout because, like I said, uh, you know, and me being here in Texas, I can I can see it, but also you know, just reading stuff and, and that sort of thing. You know, conservatives are really really highly highly motivated to try to get uh, some you know one of their people in the White House, and whether it be you know Donald J Trump or or Scott Walker, or Jeb Bush, or you know, whoever else. I mean, they're 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 pretty motivated to get somebody in there. So, and at this point, yeah, a lot of people are you know are are leaning towards Trump. Again, it's still early. We're still well over a year before before the election, but they're they're really motivated to get somebody in there. So, whether it be you know Donald Trump or whoever, they're they're pretty motivated. 
So, uh, any final thoughts? Nah, that's it. Go Democrats. Go somebody. I don't care. Just, long as just, just get out. Yeah, just get out to the polls. So, and not. And not only just for the national elections, but the local local elections, you know, are just as important as state elections too. So, you know, uh, so so definitely get out and, and you know, definitely get out and vote uh, with whatever elections that are that are in your particular area. Amen. So, Hallelujah. All right, all right. So we're gonna wrap this up. Um, you know, thank you for tuning in. We're gonna come right back with our pop tune segment and. Give y'all some uh, little music that we're feeling at the moment. We'll be right back. All right, so welcome back. Uh, we're gonna wrap it up with pop tunes. Uh, we're gonna uh, give you guys a you know little musical selection from each one of us that we're kind of feeling uh, this week. Um, you know, we all pick one song and uh, we give it to you. You know, from an artist that you know maybe doesn't get a whole lot of mainstream coverage. I mean, there's only uh, there's always so much Drake and Meek Mill that one can, can consume in a week. So. Uh, so, um, okay, so what do we got for this week, guys? Um, I guess I'll start first, um, since my song is first. Um, <laughs> this week, I decided to do a, just a, a, a backtrack or a flashback or whatever you want to call it, just uh, reminiscing, because this is one of those tried and true songs that regardless of when you listen to it or when you hear it, it sounds recent. It sounds, you know, I just like it. I like it. Uh, the uh, group is called Hieroglyphics. Um, they are from Oakland, California. Uh, this album was released in 2003 called Full Circle, and this song actually features Guapale, um, amazing artist also from California, and it's called Make Your Move. And it was just, it's, it's, it's a nice vibe, it's a nice chill, but it's, it's, it's got a nice message. And, and those are what those cats are always about anyway, a good positive message. So check it out. You can search the song on iTunes. Um, it's on YouTube if you want to be cheap. I don't know if it's on Spotify. But it's on Spotify. It's on Spotify, okay. So yeah, check that out. 
Okay, um, and the second song you'll hear, well, before I get into it, um, I created a, a playlist on Spotify, um, and I put it up on our Facebook page as, as well as it, it's been retweeted on Twitter as well, um, about the playlist of songs that we have uh, chosen each week. Cause we've been getting a lot of questions about you know where they can find the music so if you follow the if you just put in epb podcast their playlist will pop up um and you can just click on follow um and just check out the songs that we have chosen the last three weeks um but this week my song is tuxedo i mean from tuxedo <laughs> and the name of the song is do it um tuxedo is a group consisting of Mayor Hawthorne and Jake Uno. Uh, Mayor Hawthorne is dope. DJ Haircut. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's he's a, a, a white boy, but he makes really, really dope music. Um, his last album, well, no, that wasn't his last album, but his album that came out in 2013, Dorgo is how I was introduced to him. Um, I've always heard about him, but that was my first time actually, actually listening to his music. Um, but he's collaborated with Jake Uno, who's uh, done production with a lot of hip hop artists. Um, one that comes to mind is Rick Ross, um, and they they created an album that's called Tuxedo. It's self-titled, and it's a real a Jerry Carroll a Jerry Curl jam. <laughs> Every song is just upbeat and well even some of the slower songs just kind of put you in the mood. Um, it's good cleanup music, it's good riding music. Um, it's just, it's a dope album. It's probably going to be one of my favorite albums that have come out in 2015. Um, and the name of the song is called Do It. It reminds me of rolling around in the skating rink. Um, but yeah, that's my song. I think Joel is next for the third. Yes. Um, so the song I picked this week is from a, a local um, local independent artist by the name of Sobe Lash. Um, she's a uh, she's kind of like a, a R&B rock electronica fusion type of uh, artist. Um, yeah, I've seen her around a few times, and you know, uh, uh, the last time I actually uh, saw her um, when we were doing our pod, our local podcast here. That she was wearing a, a free pussy riot t-shirt so i mean she's just you know she's just one of those like uh i don't want to say hippie kids but um but she's got a really nice sound she's had um she had an album out uh two years ago i want to say um and now she's coming out with another album that is coming out in this fall and she already released a single off of this um the album that's coming up and it's called feelings and flights uh which that's the name of the single that's also going to be the name of the uh of the album as well so uh album the single is available both on itunes and also on spotify you know support your support uh independent artists support your artists so they can keep making music and uh you know the song is pretty self-explanatory you know just you know don't catch feelings just catch flights you know so there's no need to catch some feelings just you know make you a nice little trip to you know, Cancun or Aruba or something like that. You know, leave all the leave all the feelings here, wherever uh, you know, wherever you leave them. So, so it's a pretty cool song. It's mellow, um, you know, kind of laid back, not too laid back, but it's 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 a pretty good song. It's a, she's a pretty dope artist. So, so that's why I picked this week. Uh, Ted, what you got? 
All right. Um, first, let me say that it is hard as hell trying to pick songs behind y'all because <laughs> every week y'all send me your music and I go listen to it. And I'm like, damn, that's dope. And I go back and scratch my shit. And now I'm like, man, what am I going to pick? <laughs> but um, yes. So my artist for this week is Jordan Rakee. His, uh, his last name is Rakee, R-A-K-E-I. Uh, the way I found him, and I don't know if I'm the only one that does this, but when I'm on Spotify, I always look at the related artists just to kind of see who's, uh, like, if I really like that artist, I always click on the related artists just to see who else is out there that I may not know. And so I was listening to uh, Zoe's Count to Five the other day. It was about a week ago. And uh, I really like Win Bun's voice on that song. Uh, and so I clicked on Win Bun's name and went to her page, but she doesn't have any music on Spotify. But her name is uh, connected to a Jordan Rakee album. So I clicked on the album that just started list listening. And first of all, Jordan Rakee, he's from uh, Brisbane, which is in Australia. Um, but when you hear his voice, I immediately think of like Dwele. He sounds like a Dwele they can actually sing. And no hating on Dwele, but you know, Dwele kind of does his falsetto kind of mm, half sing thing, but this guy can really, really hold. And so, uh, he does like a neo soul kind of feel, which is you know really lacking today. I think uh, neo soul just got kind of confusing after a while because everybody just came out claimed they were neo soul, and so he's just kind of lost his flavor. But I really feel like he's the epitome of neo soul. So the song I chose is by Jordan Rakee, and it's called "All Right," and uh, that's my song. All right. All right, look at that. All right. Um, well, uh, we are glad you joined us. But before we get out, um, what we didn't do at the beginning was tell people where they could find us. So in case this is their first time listening, we wanted them to know where they can find us, give them all the contact information, and feedback would be great, you guys. Um, we enjoy connecting with everyone on Twitter that has uh join the page we appreciate it the response the love the criticism thank you we are constantly improving and uh, we want to hear back from you we can't get any better unless you tell us how to get better so um, you can always check us out on Twitter um, I know it's at Elvis Presley Boulevard but I think we spell it differently yeah, it's uh, Elvis E-L-V-I-S Presley P-R-E-S-L-Y and Boulevard B-L-V-D so just take the e out, of, the last e out of prison, and uh, Boulevard is abbreviated. And also, you can actually we uh, we working on a web page. It's still under construction, but you can still go by and take a look. Uh, the web page is EPB the podcast, EPB the podcast dot com. Uh, you can check us out there. And for me personally, you can find me on Instagram, um, Tedrick nineteen fourteen. That's T E D D R I C K nineteen fourteen. And Bridget, I think we have a fan page. Yes, we do have a fan page. Um, if you just go to facebook.com slash, oh Lord, what did I put, Jesus? Um, I think it's E-L-V-P-R-S-B-L-V-D. I think that's how you put it. If I'm wrong, okay. just put me an EPB podcast and you should, it should come up. So, um, and you can also find me on Twitter. Uh, my name is BGRS. And my um, Instagram is still locked. <laughs> Shit's not changing. It's still not changing. But that is my, um, also my name on Instagram is VGRS. So. If she likes you, she might add you. I might. I'm not really sure. But we'll, we'll you know, just 
try it out and see what happens. And I think we have a phone number too, Joe, but I yeah. don't. Uh, yeah, you can shout us out also as well. We have a, uh, a voicemail number set up. Uh, you can call in. It's a Google Voice number. We'll, uh, you know, we'll get you on, get your thoughts on whatever, basically whatever's on your mind. So uh, that phone number is two eight one nine six eight nine zero five six. Once again, that is two eight one nine six eight nine zero five six. We'll also post that on the. Uh, I guess we do have a little bit of room in, on our uh, Twitter bio, but. We'll also post that on the fan page and everywhere else too. So if you guys want to, you know, uh, you can tweet us. Definitely, we'll we'll definitely take your tweets. But if you want to call in and you know leave us a voicemail or, or whatnot, you know, definitely go ahead and do so. We'll be uh, we'll put it on the show. Uh, we'll figure out how to put it on the show. We'll put it on there and we'll we'll get your voice on. So yes. Did you say your Twitter information? I did not say my Twitter information. <laughs> I don't want to check it for me. Everybody that's important, they check it for. But if you do want to check for me, uh, I am at Beige Supreme on uh, Twitter and I am at Beige Supreme on Instagram. Um, but I actually want to hear some of your voices. So please call in. That would be awesome. Um, like, again, we definitely appreciate it. And uh, Joel, where can they find you? All right, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Boomer4568, um, so you can catch me there. Uh, and then also, well, I'm not going to say all of that, but I'll just say that I, I have some other stuff cooking, too, so you can uh, you can catch me there. But I will definitely tweet it and, and post it on Instagram, uh, the other places you can catch me. But those are the main two places. Right. The best places. The best places. The best places, yes. Um, so again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. This was serial number three. Um, it was awesome. It's always awesome having conversations with awesome people. So catch us next week. I'm sure everything will be fire, super hot fire. Super hot fire better than me, Bill. Play a boy. Bam! Body roll. Body rolls. <laughs> body rolls <laughs> so um thank you guys for tuning in and we are out holla man holla Just the same, let this Buddha bless your brain, sexy thing. <laughs> yeah, it's time to take this act on the road. Come back, get back on our. Trying to see the seven seas and everything in between 
We heavy and we heavenly, so we love wherever we see. From the banks of the Mississippi to the shores of Tripoli, we do more tours and wage wars. I'm swimming and women and living without limit. My penmanship got me on a trip spinning around the world. Bullshit aside, we on a worldwide ride.
See no more. 
up in this place It's an ocean of sound, yeah Said turn me up in this place, yeah Till the notion is found, no I don't want to see It feels like I've been such a stranger Feels like everything is wrong. It feels like I've been gone for ages. We're soon too done before. Too long, too long, too long. With different circumstances I shouldn't need it to behave Oh, the time has come for changing yeah. With nowhere to escape mm -hmm. With different circumstances I shouldn't need it to behave 